You know, my kids are incredibly kind. They often remind me of this fact um, with their constant, they call it fat shaming, which is very true. Um, for example, my, uh, one of my daughters the other day, she turned around to me and she said, Dad, your butt is so big, the whole town can see it. I'm like, dude, that's, that's not kind at all. And in fact, her friend at this moment turned around and said, oh, that's not very kind. Be nice to your daddy, which was really sweet. But then my daughter, because all of my kids have just this ridiculously smart and sharp sense of humor, turned around and said, but, but daddy, you told me never to lie. <laughs> as painful as that was, and there's many more stories to tell, uh, I do love uh, the fact that my, uh, my daughter's friend did for a moment sympathize. And she did care. She just showed a bit of kindness and she interrupted. And, you know, apart from being absolutely defeated in that moment, that sympathy was comforting. Even better than sympathy, though, is empathy. You know, when, when someone just gets you, they understand what you're going through, They're, when they feel what you feel themselves and they understand fully um, in the moment, it's like they know you and they get it. It's almost like they can put into words exactly how you're feeling, right? Are we familiar with that, with that kind of sense? Songs, songs are brilliant for this. Songs are this fantastic way of captivating our feelings and our emotions, to put it into words we didn't even know we could find. Um, and there's so many amazing songs that you listen to that you that just put into, into lyrics, things that you were feeling, and, and you wonder, am I the only person wondering this or feeling this or, or thinking that? Am I the only person that feels alone or, or am I the only person that feels in love this way? Has no one felt this mighty love for this, this person that I've never met? Um, you know, this kind of incredible feeling. And these words, these songs, these lyrics can put these things into words in a way that you can never imagine. Does, do, do people get that? Have you got songs that come to mind when, when you think about feelings that take you back to your teenage years? Let me, let me play a song for you that I just think captivates love in its fullness, okay? Just close your eyes for a second and embrace this song. I'll just do a little clip. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, half of you were going, yeah, yeah, that's a really odd song. Half of you just realized that the whole church just got rickrolled. And that is literally my high for 2023, just in that moment. So thank you for the, living this moment with me. I love that. That was hilarious for me. Anyway, I don't know what it was like for you. Um, my, uh, actually, I was, um, I, I, over Christmas, we were doing various things, listening to music. One of my daughters came up to me and she said, um, she said, Dad, I love Love your worship playlist on Spotify. I was like, wow, okay, thanks. Yeah, that really means something. She goes, can we listen to it? I was like, yeah, of course we can. So I, I put it on, I put it in shuffle. And she goes, yeah, this is nice. But, but maybe the next track. Okay, I'll go to the next track. And, and the next track. And then she rickrolled me. And I realized that she had added 10 of those songs into my playlist and was just waiting for that moment of my worship's playlist for that song to come up. Anyway, while we're on the music front, why don't we continue the New Year's theme and play a quick game together? Some of you may have played this. I think I can see Sarah over there, Martin. I picked this up from Sarah's birthday, which is that wonderful game that we all know so well. Is this lyric from Taylor Swift or from Lamentations in the Bible? <laughs> Taylor Swift or Lamentations? 
Now, it sounds easy, but this is actually quite a fun quiz. So what I want you to do is I want everyone to stand for this moment, okay? We're just going to engage in this moment. We're going to play this game together. Everyone's involved. Everyone's standing. All right. So the question is, is this a line from a Taylor Swift song, or is this a line from the Book of Lamentations in message form um, from, the, from the Bible? Are you ready for this? Now, what I want you to do, if, if it's Taylor Swift, I want you just to stand there confidently, okay? But if it's Lamentations, I want you to lift your hands up and praise the Lord. I don't know, I just made that up, but that sounds good, right? So if it's Taylor Swift, just go, yeah, I'm happy with this. If it's from Lamentations, just raise your hands. Okay, the first one. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. Taylor Swift, Lamentations. Taylor Swift, Lamentations. Are you ready? Okay, we've got, I'm trying to fair, there's more hands creeping up as we die. This is the result of peer pressure. Uh, Okay, we've got a fair few, like we believe this is Taylor Swift. And the answer is, Lamentations. Amazing. Okay, next one. Now we're warming up. Okay, are you ready? It rains when you're here, and it rains when you're gone. Lamentations, Taylor Swift. Now, some of you know your Bibles very well. Some of you know your Taylor Swift very well. And it's starting to show. And the answer for this one is Taylor Swift, or forever and always. I thought I'd put the uh, verse lyrics up there and the names of the songs so you can go back and listen to them. Okay, next one. I gave up on life altogether. I'd forgotten what the good life is like. Taylor Swift, Lamentations. Okay, a little bit more confident about Lamentations on this one. Still a few holding on to Taylor Swift. It could be, it could be. But on this one, it's Lamentations. Well done. Give yourselves a huge round of applause. Okay, a couple more. Life, like shadows in a faded light, we're invisible. Taylor Swift, arms down. Lamentations, arms up. Oh, it's so confusing. It could be either. And this one is Taylor Swift. Invisible. Okay. A couple more. This is a good one. You ready? These walls they put up to hold us back will fall down. The time will come for us to finally win. And we'll sing hallelujah. We'll sing hallelujah. Is it a lamentations? It is the power of people of God speaking. Or is it Taylor Swift having a bit of a downer? And the answer is... Taylor Swift! <laughs> oh, definitely needs to read our Bibles after this one, don't we, people? All right, this is a tough one. Are you ready? Here we go. For the last one. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, Lamentations, Taylor Swift. Lamentations, oh, sorry, Lamentations, Taylor Swift. Lamentations, Taylor Swift. Oh, oh, Olu's gone from one hand up, one hand down. I like that. Trevor's done the same. And you're right to do so, because this one is both. Okay, give yourself a round of applause and take a seat. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah, that uh, goes on. There's like 10, 12 of those. It's fantastic. Check that out online. Okay, 
Look, joking and games all aside, um, songs are an incredibly powerful way of putting into words some of these feelings that we're feeling and expressing and experiencing. And the words that you don't even know that you have, especially worship songs. How powerful is it when we come together and sing these worship songs? But for me, when I was a teenager, uh, I remember back, I, I was going through a bit of a hard time. I had some mental health issues. Uh, things were really tumultuous around me. And there were a lot of feelings and emotions going on. Um, and I was looking for the answer in various places. Um, but there along came a song, many songs, really. But one in particular that really spoke to me and met me at that time. And, I mean, I, I checked it out on Spotify. Um, it's got over a billion um, hits, a billion plays on Spotify. So I'm clearly not the only one that has been comforted and encouraged and empathized by this song. Who knows Goo Goo Dolls Iris? Yeah, and there's this great line in it. Oh, well, I literally three people in the room. That's worrying. Anyway, there's this one line that shows how old I am. Um, there's this one kind of verse in it that says this, and I don't want the world to see me because I don't think that they'd understand. When everything is made to be broken, I just want you to know who I am. Do you know what? It was actually a couple more years before I continued my faith journey. I didn't even know I was on at the time and then met Jesus. And as I met Jesus, I looked back on some of these songs and these lyrics, and this one especially, and I didn't realize at the time, but this was encouraging me and giving me words to pray that I didn't even know what, when I didn't even know what prayer was. You know, something inside of me just said, I want to know that someone cares, that someone is watching over me, that someone is paying attention, that someone knows what I'm facing and can meet me in that space. I just wanted to know that someone knew me, and they were able to empathize. You know, how powerful is that moment when someone is in your life and they see what you're going through, they see what you're facing, they see what you're struggling with, and you know they've been through this, whether it's a health issue or a job loss issue or something like that, and they look you in the eye, they say in the face, and they said, I know this is tough. I've been there. I know this is tough. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Now, that doesn't solve the issue. That doesn't make the whole world a better place. But what it does is it does make a huge difference. It does give you the comfort, the courage, the encouragement that you need to keep on going and to press through. One of the disciples, Philip, had these, one of these moments. You see, he needed that comfort when he faced something he'd never expected. Jesus, who he'd walked with for several years, was about to leave. Now, they were expecting to robe him and crown him, and he was going to take over all of uh, the whole of the, uh, Israel and, and lead and kick out the Roman Empire and make all things better. And it was now, at this moment, inevitable that he was soon to be arrested and possibly crucified. Things were about to get so much worse. So what was Peter going to do, Philip going to do? Is everything falling apart? Would it be okay was a question that was plaguing him at the time. Now, Philip, being clever and a man of faith, knows that he didn't need an answer, a solution to that second. What he needed to know was he had God on his side, that he had a God that was for him. He needed God. And so he asked the question like this, John 14, verse 8. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Just show us that God is there. Look, Jesus, I'm freaking out here. Everything's going wrong. I don't know if I have what it takes. I don't know if things are going to be okay. Uh, but look, just give me a glimpse of God. 
Just show him, show me that he's on my side. Show me that he's with me. And see, Jesus, we know what you're like. You're amazing. You're caring. You're kind. You're loving. You're, you heal. You sit, you're, you're with us. If you could stay with us, that would be fantastic. But if you could just show us that God is pleased with us, that he's with us, that he likes us, that he's been um, for us, no matter what happens, everything will be okay. I, can, I know it. I don't know about you, but I know those times when you've prayed those prayers and you've just said, God, I need you to show yourself. I need you to say something. I need you to give me a, a, a hint, an indication that you're in this. I don't know if I feel, I don't feel I can do this much longer. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I feel alone in this whole painful moment. Can you just tell me, God, show me that you haven't given up on me, that you haven't turned away from me, and I'll be okay. Or I'm facing something, it's huge, it's massive, this feels way too big for me. I don't even know why that person said I could do this. I feel tricked into this. God, you've picked the wrong person, right? I don't have what it takes. But if you could just show me that you're still with me, if you could just show me that you are behind me, I know it will be okay. See, the funny thing is, just before Philip had asked this question in verse 8, Jesus had already given him the answer. And uh, does, does anyone know Cabby Lane? Oh, okay. He does these things. When something's really simple, like uh, I, I remember this one where there's bench and uh, it's got some holes in it and someone drops something in and they dev- like, can cut this device uh, to, to go through the gaps and, and pick it up and they get it and they pick it up and they say, yes, I'm amazing. And Cabby Lane does these really amazing videos where he basically just goes, just, just reach under and get it. And then he does this thing and goes, like that. Oh, it's really good. Okay, clearly on my own here. That's fine. It's fine. I'm having a good time. Um, Jesus has this cabulet moment. He says this. Peter's asked this. Philip's asked this question. And Jesus replied, have I been with you this whole time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not of my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. If you know me, Jesus says, if you've seen what I'm like, if you've watched me on a day-to-day basis, if you've lived and experienced with me, you know what my Father is like because we're the same. You see, the disciples were so used to these mighty stories of a mighty God infiltrating and, and intercepting these incredible moments where he would turn up and, and, uh, and do these mighty things like deliver them from, uh, from Egypt, from Exodus, and all these mighty miracles throughout time. Um, and he would give the laws and the prophets and all these things and all these amazing moments to show what God was like and how much he loved him. But really, they were just glimpses. They were just shadows. You see, you can tell a lot about a shadow, but not everything. Everything that came before wasn't wrong. It was just incomplete. You know, in the first thing in the morning or late at night when the sun is really low and you stand there and you're, sh- you're walking down with your shadow and you look at your shadow and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like 15 feet tall. This is amazing. Uh, especially with kids when they're like two foot or whatever and they suddenly look like giants. They love it. It's amazing. Shadows are helpful, but they lack detail and they lack description. And here, everything that came before 
um, the law, the prophets, and everything else uh, was, was wrong. It was just incomplete. It, was, it wasn't describing it perfectly. What they needed, what the disciples needed, what we need is a complete picture of what God's like. And Colossians 2.17 says this, these are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. You see, until the arrival of Jesus, everyone just guessed what God was like. Everyone just speculated. Everyone just took some stories. Um, and this is where you see the, the kind of idols being created at the bottom of Mount Sinai. When they go, wow, look at that thunder, that lightning. God must be powerful, but he must be angry too. And so we're making an image like that. And so we just guess what God is like. We just speculate what God is like. But you know, that first Christmas, that shadow caster, he came down to dwell with us. And he came to demonstrate for us what God is like, who God likes, and how to be liked by God. See, Jesus made the invisible image of God visible for us to see and experience. This is all really important and really true. But what does it all mean? That's the big question. So the question is, when you're in that situation, when you're facing something this year, maybe today, maybe in the next months to come, when you're facing something and you wonder what God is like, if he's for you, if he's against you, if he's with you, then you don't have to wonder anymore. You don't have to stare at shadows. You don't have to look and guess what God is like. You can see what God is like. You can see if he cares. You can see if he understands. You can see if he loves through this place. See, when we wonder if he even knows your name, you can look at Jesus and saw how he called Zacchaeus from that tree, a man who just wanted a glimpse of Jesus, who had no idea that he even knew his name. Or you can look at the woman of the world who Jesus came across and knew every detail of her life because he'd been walking with her from that beginning. Or you can remember Nathaniel, who was sitting under the tree, praying. God, Jesus met him and said, I've heard your prayers. I've seen you every single day. If you wonder this year if God cares about your suffering, if you think you're just in this and God's taking a day off, we remember the boy who had fits, who lost all control and Jesus entered his life and turned everything around. You remember the demonized man on the beach who Jesus came to who had spent a lifetime of suffering and was so stressed and angry and overwhelmed by it and Jesus came and brought, brought peace in that moment. Or the woman who, was caught, um, who had been um, uh, caught with an issue of blood and bleeding for many years and Jesus met her in that moment and called her daughter. And in the scripture, you see three times the emphasis of her life of suffering. When you wonder if he can accept you for all that you've done, for the mistakes you've made, for the things you've done wrong, you remember how he reacted with a woman caught in adultery, thrown at his feet, that he tenderly picked her up and forgave her and gave her a new beginning. Or Mary Magdalene, who had been overwhelmed and oppressed by these demons, and he gave an opportunity for a new life and brought her with him, or indeed the man on the cross next to him, when he said to him, you know, today you will be with me in paradise. Or maybe you wonder if God can use you despite your brokenness and despite the mistakes you've made, then you can look at Jesus and remember how he met with Thomas, who doubted him, who wondered if God could really come through, or Peter, who utterly failed him, in his face at the moment he most counted. When you wonder what God is like, when you wonder if God is for you or with you, when you look at Jesus, you see what God is like, that he knows you, and then you can know what he would be like and is like with you. 
And so when Peter, Philip asks that question, Philip, Philip, when Philip asks that question, <clears throat> will you just show us? He says, yes. When Philip is basically saying, will it be okay? Jesus says, absolutely, it will be okay. It will be more than okay. And we know it's gonna be okay because Jesus um, is with us and we can be confident in him and what he's like. You see, he sees you, he loves you, he knows every intimate detail of you and he's cheering you on from the beginning to the end. I love Luke 10, I won't go through it now, when he sends the disciples out and they come back and they have just cast out demons, they've healed the sick, they've done all these miraculous things and Jesus is literally jumping for joy, he's so excited. But then he pauses and says, look, this is amazing, but it's come second to the fact that you're gonna be with me for eternity. No matter what life you live, the thing that Jesus is most excited about, that God is most excited about, that is he gets to know you, and you get to know him. That is the most important thing. You see in Jesus means you know the Father, and seeing him, um, seeing what he's like shows that the Father knows you. It says, God, with God, everything is gonna be okay, and so much more. And so to answer that Goo Goo Dolls prayer that I prayed from a young, uh, as a teenager, when everything around us seems to be broken, it's good that he knows who I am. Okay, now to twist this into a New Year's talk, okay? Are you ready? A wise man, Chris Birch Evans, who spoke on the stage just before Christmas, once said, we finished a year with Christmas, but for Christians, shouldn't it be the start? And that really grabbed me. We get through to the end of the year and we go, way, big finish, Christmas, New Year, okay, we'll start again. But really, imagine if we lived our lives out of the Christmas message. Imagine if Jesus coming to be with us and showing us what the Father is like, showing us that he loves us, showing that he knows us, showing that we can know him is actually the start of 2023. Imagine if you lived out of that space. If you do, I think it can do three things. It can do a lot more, but let me summarize these things in three things. First and foremost, it will deepen your well for God's love. See, when you look at God and you look at all that he's done, Every single mountain in this world is exactly where he placed it. This is like an uber detailed version of Minecraft. He knew exactly where things were gonna be. He put a boundary and said, the sea's not gonna go any further than that. You look at your body and the biological aspects of your body, even the eye is so incredibly complicated and he gave you that so you could appreciate the beauty of things around you. He created so much. And do you know while he was doing that, he just threw the stars into space, just, just whimsically just made the universe while he was at it. When you meditate on those great stories of Israel's deliverance from Egypt, you see how God can has all the power of heaven and can muster into earth and he can deliver us from unspeakable and unobtainable and undefeatable um, uh, moments and situations and challenges in our life. He can heal the sick, he can deliver the oppressed and he can do so much more. And when you consider that he defeated Satan on Easter, when he defeated death itself, death is not the end. It's something we can absolutely believe and convince, um, are convinced about because of Jesus overcoming it. Oh, we can look at all these things and we can be in awe of God. And we should be. And we should be overwhelmed by his magnificence. But we can't love him for that. What do I mean by that? See, that's not loving him. That's loving the idea of him. That's loving what he can do. That's responding to his reputation like you would a celebrity. You see, love can only happen 
Love can only happen when you truly know someone. When you can truly, I was joking about this earlier, I'm fantastic at buying presents, Christmas presents for my kids, because I know them intimately, and my wife. And then my wife will turn around to me and say, did you get a present for that person? I'm like, I don't know them that well. Like, I know them, but I don't know them well enough to buy a Christmas present for them. I mean, that is detailed. There's a difference between when you know someone intimately, you know what they need, what they love, what they want, and when you just know someone. And so the difference with Jesus um, at Christmas is he made God known. So when he chooses to let himself in, you can truly fall in love with who he is. When he reveals what God is like, you can fall in love with who God is. That's why it says, uh, we love because he first loved us. It's when we realize that we're unworthy, not just of his attention, but his love as well. Yet he took on human form so he could walk with us, he could love us, he could suffer with us, and he would die for us. That's when we start to trust in that love that he has for us and we could love and worship him back because he did that for us. And we can enter into 2023 knowing that we can throw ourselves at his feet when we can adore him, worship, surrender to him, knowing that he's not going to look at us with disdain, but he's going to pick us up and embrace us. It lets you be free to love, knowing that you'll be loved back. The second thing is he raises the bar for self-love. Okay, my, uh, another daughter story. Um, the other day, uh, one of my kids said, Dad, do you know the Ten Commandments? I was like, oh gosh, this is a test. And I said, yeah, I think I do. So I rattled through them. And I remember the last one, do not cover. And she goes, what does do not cover mean? I was like, okay, this is definitely a test. And um, I said, well, it's kind of when you, um, uh, when you see what someone has and you kind of want it and you're angry with them and you hate them because you want it instead of them. You're not happy for them. You just want it yourself. Um, and uh, you're like jealous of someone, I guess, something like that. <laughs> it's like, they really failed as preaching. But you know, my daughter was like, oh, that's interesting. So it's kind of like the fact that other people get to see how amazing I am every single day, but I don't get to see it all the time. What? I mean, that is some self-love. That is some self-confidence there. When she is so convinced that other people have it better because they get to see her. Oh, man, I would love you guys to have that kind of confidence going into 2023. That when you looked in the mirror, you were like, you are amazing. I love that person. People are so lucky because they get to see me every day. I have to wait till I see a mirror or selfie. Man, that would be so good to have that. So I don't know where she gets that from. I just love it. I'm so proud of it. I wonder if it has a little bit to do with the fact that I absolutely adore her and tell her that all the time. I think that has something to do with it. Maybe not all of it, but enough. And I think when we experience the Father's love, constant affirmation, constant adoration, constant um, encouragement, we start to catch a glimpse of how wonderful we actually are. Fearfully and wonderfully made, he says we are. I think we can catch a glimpse of that, and we can catch a glimpse of that as Trevor was praying earlier through the Holy Spirit who makes those words alive to us today. You are loved with a perfect love, not because something, God wants something from you, but just because he thinks you're amazing. And you know why he thinks you're amazing? Because he made you to be amazing. Oh, we have every reason in the world to have self-love because he chose us. He chose you. 
Every single person in the womb exists because he chose you to be loved, to be created, and to know him. You know, a very random one, perhaps you're at a Christmas party or New Year's party this year, and you got into that conversation. You know where the conversation often goes after the pleasantries, the jokes, and various other things. So tell me your name. Where do you come from? What do you do? Okay, here we go again. And no matter how many times, I've tried to readdress pastor in so many different forms, and I just know whatever I say at the end of the day when I say I work at a church or a pastor, that quickly cuts the conversation dead. That's pretty much the end of that. Um, <laughs> um, but um, imagine that you engaged in that conversation, not with a, hi, my name's this, and this is what I do for a job, and this is where I come from, where I was born. Imagine you encounter that with a glimpse of the fact that you were chosen by God. Imagine you introduce yourself or myself as, hi, I'm Richard. I'm the son of the most high God, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, God most high. What an introduction that would be, right? Imagine if you say, where did you come from? Well, do you know, it's a funny story. I was conceived of in the heavenly realms, created by the living God, chosen and adored to be on this world, knitted together in my mother's womb for such a time as this. I mean, that would make a lengthier conversation, right? Or imagine someone saying, hey, what do you do? How <laughs> funny you are. One piece of two. Imagine you say, well, I'm part of a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Imagine that I, I say that I was made to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. That's my job. What's yours? Okay, maybe an awkward conversation, but imagine if that was where your brain went when someone said, what's your name? Where do you come from? What do you do? Imagine if that's how you saw yourself, imagined yourself. Self-love begins with self-acceptance, accepting who you are, but that begins with self-realization, realizing who you were created to be and that you were created for his love so that he could love you and you could love him, that he could know you and you could know him. And finally, he widens your arms for compassionate love. Jesus, knowing that Jesus is the revelation, the, invis- the visible image of the invisible God, <clears throat> deepens your love. Oh, it says up there. Deepens your wealth for God's love, raises your bar for self-love, and widens your arms for compassionate love. Praise be to the God of Father and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that ourselves have received from God, 2 Corinthians 1. See, the more you know you are loved by God who made himself known, the more you can be who you are called to be. The more you can open your arms with confidence that there is nothing that can hurt you, nothing that can hurt you, nothing that can disappoint you, nothing you can tear you down because you are lifted up and held by God himself. So you are able to open your arms wide as Jesus opened his on the cross and says, I love every single one of you. Well, I said, trying to. You can live a simple life going into 2023. You can avoid all challenges and all difficulties and all um, obstacles. You can avoid all calls and chosenness. You can avoid all that stuff. Or you can live a life that And that's the challenge you've got going into 2023, knowing that your arms are widened by the God of compassion and love by God himself. So during the World Cup, um, our girls got really into into the World Cup, into football. 
And uh, they absolutely loved it. They all got sweepstakes. Uh, one of them got Brazil, which we thought, oh my gosh, this is pretty awesome. One of them got Costa Rica. Uh, one of them got Japan, which we got really excited about for a little while. Um, it was pretty cool, and they got really excited. And then they remembered that I had this FIFA football game on the Xbox, and they were like, Dad, we must play. And so we, we played, and they were engaged, they were enjoying it. We had a great time together. It really kept us going. I think we played more FIFA than watched the World Cup in the end, because um, it was just fun to do. But do you know what? As, as, as kids who were learning this game, learning in football, one of the things that you get confused at is, which way are you going? So you start with one side, and the first thing you have to do is kick the ball back and then go forward, and then at halftime, it changes side. So a lot of the time, they kept on saying, Dad, which way are we going? Dad, which way are we going? Dad, which way are we going? I was like, that's a great question. And eventually, I just had a moment of wisdom, and I said, look, if, if it's easy, you're probably going the wrong way. If, it's, if you're facing resistance, you're probably going the right way. Profound. <laughs> I like that. But do you know what was interesting? When we started to play... They could have walked back and made it easy. We could have just hung around and been in a holy huddle with our team and just had a nice little time, kicking the ball around and just playing fun. And that would have been okay. But the worst, you know, we would have done nothing. We'd have scored nothing. Worse, we'd probably scored a known goal. Um, it would have been terrible. But when we started going forward, that's when the real fun started to happen. And, you know, as a father, I was playing with them, and they would take the ball and go forward. They didn't have all the skill in the world. They were learning. They were good, but they were getting there. And so I, playing with them, every time they lost the ball, I would play a player who would tackle and get the ball back, pass it back to them. And they would lose it again, and I'd get the ball back, and I'd pass it back to them. And then just at the right moment, when they were near the area, as we kept on pushing forward, eventually I passed the ball to them, and they hit that magic button, and it went in the back of the net. My word, was that a moment to celebrate. A house was alive next door with Roddy Warren, but it was incredible. They were absolutely convinced that they had done all the work. And they had done tremendous work, but it was their father behind them, picking up all the mistakes, covering all their bases, making sure that everything was okay, and at the final moment, when they didn't even know they had the skill, giving them that opportunity where they could hit at home and score that winning goal. We could go into 2023 keeping it very simple and just playing with our friends and our own people. We could go into 2023 with arms wide with compassionate love, looking before us this opportunity, knowing we don't have everything it takes to get there, but knowing we have a father that's behind us all the time, covering our bases, picking up our mistakes, and making it work. All we need to do is press forward. That's all we need to do. Do you know that God is good because you've seen him revealed in Jesus? Do you believe that God knows you? Because he's proved it as he loved and walked with people as we read those gospels and see what Jesus is like. That that's what God is like for you. And do you know that God is able to do the unimaginable through you because you've seen Jesus do it through those who followed him? If so, then you're ready for 2023. Happy New Year. To God be the glory. Praise Jesus.